Hi, welcome to volume two. Thank you for continuing the journey with me. Uh, we will begin today with the sign of the cross in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, you might remember from volume one, um, I said words similar to in nomine petri et fili et spiritus sancti. Um, I bet you've just guessed it. Um, that is the sign of the cross. However, it is the sign of the cross in Latin. Um, Latin is the official language of the church. I do apologize to all those fluent Latin speakers out there. My um, Latin is not very good. However, before we continue, and, and prior to that, we will be speaking about the seven sacraments of the church today. But um, before we move on to that, I just wanted to quickly touch again on the sign of the cross. You might be wondering, especially if you're not Catholic, why do we do the sign of the cross? Um, in short, there is quite a, a number of reasons why we do it. However, very briefly, the reason we do it is if you remember from volume one where I spoke about the Holy Trinity. Um, so when we do the sign of the cross, we obviously acknowledge the Holy Trinity as one. We adore the distinction in the persons, unity in their essence and equality in the Trinity. Um, I'll just leave you with another quote which was actually from the Gospel of John which says there are three who give testimony in heaven the Father the Word and the Holy Ghost and these three are one okay so moving on today we're going to talk about the sacraments of the church now there are seven holy sacraments of the church these sacraments I guess you can consider them to be a form of initiation into the church if you like however at a more spiritual level they are gifts and very holy gifts that um, do things in your soul that would otherwise not happen if you weren't privy to these sacraments in the first place um, which I'll explain to you at another volume which will roll on to things that we call virtues and similar. However, the first rite of passage, so to speak, is a gift from the apostolic authority of the church. In other words, comes down from Christ himself, the gift of baptism, by which we are made Christians in the first place, children of God, members of his holy church and heirs of heaven. So baptism is obviously a big one. Um, in order to become a member of the church or to become a follower of Christ within the Catholic faith, you must be baptised. And baptism does a number of things, but the main thing it does is clears you of your original sin and enters you into the member of, of Christ, basically. You become a member of Christ. Your soul is marked with the mark of Christ through baptism. Following baptism, we have what is called confirmation. Confirmation is a gift by the Holy Spirit. It is to make us stronger in our faith and imbue us with the spirit of mercy. Um, through confirmation, the Holy Spirit mimics when our blessed Lord himself ascended into heaven. Prior to him ascending into heaven, he said to the apostles and the blessed Virgin Mary, I will send a helper 
who will come in my name. That, of course, was the Holy Spirit. And confirmation is very similar to that. After the process of baptism, you are confirmed. And the Holy Spirit confers upon you a number of different gifts. Following that, we have the Holy Eucharist. Now, basically, everything, baptism, confirmation, all this stuff, leads up to the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist is the high point of the Mass. The Holy Eucharist is really and truly and substantially the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, under the appearance of bread and wine, of course. The Holy Eucharist is not only a sacrament in which we receive our Divine Lord for the food and nourishment of our souls, and of course which he, um, in which he is really present to be adored upon the altar, but it is also a sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Holy Mass, in which, at the time of consecration, the bread and wine are changed into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, in which he is offered up for us to his Eternal Father. Um, I'll definitely talk a lot more about the Holy Eucharist in further volumes where I explain the connection between the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which was just very briefly touched on then. Um, the fourth sacrament that we receive is the Sacrament of Penance. It's sometimes known by other names, Sacrament of Reconciliation, um, the Sacrament of Confession, there's many names that go to it, but in essence, it is penance. So it is the um, gift of confession. So when we do fall, when we do commit what is called a sin, a sin which is essentially an offense against God, you could sin against, of course, God, you could sin against your neighbor, or you could sin against yourself. However, if you are in a scenario where you have committed sin, our Lord Jesus has given us the sacrament, a.k.a. gift of penance. So that allows us to call upon God's mercy. And of course, when you go to confession, the sacrament of penance kicks in, basically. And when you offer up your, um, when you offer up yourself in the confessional and ask for God's mercy and forgiveness, through the sacrament of reconciliation or penance, you can be freed of that sin and be free to live your life as a disciple of Christ once again. Number five is the anointing of the sick. The anointing of the sick is another very special sacrament. Um, we call upon the anointing of the sick when we have a member who is very sick, possibly at their deathbed. Um, a priest will come and will give them the sacrament, which is... The sacrament of the sick or anointing of the sick. Formally, it is in preparation for death. It comforts the soul. It remits sin and restores health if God sees it to be expedient. However, if it isn't God's will that that person may return to health, it still prepares the soul for the afterlife. Number six, we have holy orders. Holy orders are which Bishops, priests, and other ministers of the church receive power and grace to perform their sacred duties. So Holy Orders gives them the authority, the apostolic authority, exercise their authority in the church to be shepherds of Christ, to lead the people of the church. And finally, we have number seven. Number seven is matrimony. Matrimony is 
the sacrament of Christian marriage. Don't really need to go into matrimony too much because it is pretty obvious matrimony is the marriage of a man and woman by an ordained priest in the Church of God and it is very, very much a holy sacrament. There you have it. They are your seven sacraments. <clears throat> and just don't forget the seven sacraments are basically gifts. They're gifts bestowed upon the people of God, for the people of God, in order to live your life as holy and as close to Christ as possible, to have hope, to love your neighbour, to do all the things that God calls us as his disciples to do. Um, it strengthens you against sin and helps you lead a more Christian life. Which will lead me on to the virtues for Volume 3. <clears throat> virtues are a direct result of the sacraments and they are the complete opposite of a vice. And if you remember, I spoke very briefly in a quote about vices in Volume 1. However, we'll get um, further into that and more comprehensively into the virtues at volume three um, so i've taken up enough of your time again thank you very much for listening to volume two and i hope you continue on this journey with me i promise it will get better i just need to get through all the very basic things of being part of the catholic church first thank you again god bless and in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit